Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. And we have a Stanley Cup champion. Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, wasn't a particularly good game. It was a rout. Nine to three. Um, I have to say, I turned it off uh, in the middle of the second period, and then turned it back at the end of the game uh, to watch the you know celebrations and everything. Um, but it, you know, it was a uh, an interesting series. Um, but we will start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah. So, quick note about um, rules and sports. Yeah. Um, my big thing about rules in sports is you can't roll something out and then have it like sort of change um, during the time that you had the rule. So as, as an example, you know, Major League Baseball has ruled that you could only use rosin for grip for pitchers. Uh, they never said how much rosin. They never said how you could use it. They never said what's too much. They never said any of that. But you know, we've seen in the last, I'd say, month and a half, like as an example, the team Mike and I watched, Mets and Yankees, Mets have had two pitchers thrown out, and the Yankees won. And the thing is, it wasn't an illegal substance. It was with rosin. So the, the point of this is, and, and there is no, like, they can't go and, and fight it because Major League Baseball has made themselves the arbiter of it. So basically – the PA can't do anything about it. Once he gets suspended, the umpire suspends him. Your only, your only hope is to go up against the commissioner, who's already said he isn't going to see anybody on it. So it's a, it's a done deal, and you miss ten games. Um, so the the point of this is, and they keep saying this on TV, and it's really not true. That well, the umpires had specific training on this. They know exactly um, the amount of stickiness uh, that's that's allowed, which. A, a, a load of garbage because even the pitchers don't really know um the how is that, how is that, what's the rating on that but like sticking yeah. rating what's the sticking right. rating how's that determined right. and, and that's really the issue here is they need to come out with that and give that to all the teams and pitchers and say listen we've looked at this and you're allowed to either use an ounce of this and you know if there's a little sweat in there that's okay or you're not allowed to you you know but like they're giving right. them the substance and they're kicking them out for the same substance. And to me, it's just a bad look. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree completely. I, I, I've been trying to keep, as, like, as an outsider sort of to baseball, I've been watching it, you know, a little bit. And it's just, it's very, it's extremely confusing if you're an outsider. Oh, I mean, even if you're an insider baseball, it's confusing, obviously. But if you're just a person who just watches, you know, casually or whatever, it's just very confusing. Like, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Well, I mean, and that's the that's the issue here is it's completely subjective to the umpire themselves. And if you have an umpire who's essentially the Wes McCauley of a baseball umpires who has a, maybe a different standard than other ones, then they can just basically say, okay, this guy, I think that the sweat and the rosin is a determining factor in the spin rate of the ball and now you're suspended for 10 games and that's bull crap it's like yeah. there's no quantifiable factor here when it comes right. to that this situation and that's why like it's it, anything that's left up to interpretation is i think is a situation that causes more bs than anything and that's where you know i mean just like other things in baseball and in other sports it's an inexact science and it's a pain in the ass yeah that's no, really true it's really true all right let's get started here all right let's see let's figure out the date just fact, but... okay here we go hello hack world it is wednesday june 14th according to my phone 2023 i'm michael agello and happy flag day Flag day. From sportsology, I don't even know really the, the, the humble beginnings of Flag Day. I'll admit it. Well, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> it's hey Kevin guys. Allen. And uh, we're, we came right in the middle of the, of the intro, so I wanted to just say that it's Kevin Allen. 
Um, and I am Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. And, and um, although we have to say the funny, one of the funniest things in television history is is, uh, is Sheldon's fun with flags on The Big Bang Theory. That's just like one of the greatest, one of the greatest fake podcasts of all time. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Um, I know Ek, you're a, a big fan of that show, as was I. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot, but that's I'm one. <laughs> the, you you really can't recommend that to people because I've recommended that to people and they've come back and said, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like, you know, and you know, I t- I guess it's just one of those things. Either you like it or you don't. Oh man, um, we just, we've been we've been we, it was um, every summer when my daughter comes back from college, she tends to like we tend to launch into like a rewatch or something, you know, like that from and then we're rewatching the Big Bang Theory right now. Um, and I it, I think it holds up very well. Yeah, I mean, I liked it too. I, the, the complaint that I've heard from some of my friends that I've recommended and they just didn't get into it is it just didn't have enough meat. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I guess their idea of comedies is there has to be sort of a layer and undertone of, uh, you know, I don't know, sophistication for lack of better phrasing. I don't know, but I, I thought well, I thought it was cute. I didn't think it was like overly funny like you know something like yeah that. yeah i mean the people have said that it just it didn't have you know there was no political overtones there was no any you know that that kind yeah. of thing so i guess that's what, what people look for but i enjoyed it i liked the characters i cared about them i didn't get it i mean so. i loved it i mean i thought the characters were great um you turned you you turned me onto it in and i remember i still remember driving in and standing the stand up came in, in the bus and you're telling me we had to watch the show, The Big Bang Theory, and I, I'd heard about it, but I always thought it was, I didn't know what it was because well, I thought just, it was just some stupid guy show or whatever because of the name of it. Just but, about, um, just yeah, about, it totally whack. I love it. Just to provide the information that you were asking for, uh, Flag Day was a proclamation in 1916 by Woodrow Wilson, and then passed as a national holiday in 1949 after the war. So okay. that that's why. And unfortunately, it's a, the the birthday of a certain person that we will not name on the show. A certain pre, a certain former president. Oh, I thought you were going to say Greg Wyshynski and Eck would get mad. Okay. <laughs> mad at Greg Wyshynski. Yeah. Why, why are you mad at Greg Rusinski? I'm not. Well, don't go. I mean, I have. Yeah. We like Greg. Greg's yeah. not. I want that. We got to get right down to hockey, but give me uh, 45 seconds uh, to talk about AAA baseball game. I, I watched one last night in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. Um, and what I was struck by and all that, um, and I, I'm sure it would be similar if I watched the entire actions of a. Uh, NHL referee during a game, but I was sitting behind home plate. Um, I don't know, 12 rows up maybe. And so I was by the umpire and they had a three person crew. Uh, and I was just struck about how complicated an umpire's job is now. You know, he's constantly talking about, you know, the, 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 the batter taking his time out. Um, and you know, he's, you know, he's reminding the pitcher what's going on in terms of that. And he's signaling to the people behind them. And then now, and this has been going a long time, you know, if a ball hits the dirt, you got to throw it out of the game. So, you know, I, I saw this happen. Like every, it seemed like 15 seconds, he's signaling (laughs) over to the bat boy to give him three new balls. And then the bat boy runs out. He takes his helm or takes his mask and puts it in there. The guy puts the things in his mask. He takes the three. I puts them in his thing. I mean, there's so much going on for that guy. Like I'm thinking, how in the heck can he keep track of the balls and strikes with all the things that he now has to do? So anyway, I have new respect for uh, you know baseball uh, umpires, and because of that, I was thinking I can't wait next time I want to watch a an official and see all that they go through during a game. So yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good yeah. idea. That's fun. I like that. That's all right. Nice. So we have a new Stanley Cup champion. And um we have you know we have we are officially entering rumor season, but we'll talk about that in a second. We're gonna start the um but we're gonna start with the NHL champion, um NHL Stanley Cup champion. And uh man it was it, Vegas, you know, it wasn't much of a game last night unfortunately. And, and it was one of those games that could have been a lot different had things happened differently early. But but it just got away. It got away at that point. Um, Vegas uh, Vegas looked nervous in the beginning of that game. I mean, they really did. They um, that first ten minutes of that game, Florida had a chance. I really thought because Vegas was giving up the puck, they were giving the puck away. Florida was pouring it on, but 
Man, I think we need. I wanted to start before we get into Vegas because we're talking about Vegas mostly. But I wanted to start about the injuries from the Florida list that we heard after after that game. I mean, I mean, you always hear you always hear your group of injuries, but my yeah. God. Broken sternum for Kachuk. I mean, and he apparently played through that for a couple games, and that hurts every time you breathe. In that game four, he had to have people put on his uniform and skates for him. Like he, that, that that's insane. Like you know that. Think about that. You know, you can't put your you're in too much pain to put on your uniform and skates, and you can't, and you, you go out there and play. I know it's, it's yeah, just. Yeah, Ekblad had his shoulder pop twice, <laughs> uh, broken foot, and a torn um, side muscle. No, thank yeah, you. like that's just like. That's just crazy, and you know, and Gudis has. I'm in bed if I have a hangnail, and he scored right. a goal like that. He scored a goal like that last night, and and I mean the high ankle sprain. That's a really painful hockey injury. That's just not a. That, that's you know, if anybody who's ever skated knows what your ankles mean when you skate. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know that's I, almost formulaic, though. You know, yeah. You can see the NHL.com people having you know before a game they're doing their pregame, and someone says, okay. When the, this game is over, if uh, Vegas wins the cup, John, yeah. you do the how many guys have terrible injuries for it? Like every, <laughs> right. you know, every year we go through this, and right. they're always ghastly, you know, oh, yeah. injuries, and you know, just part of the tradition of. Uh, um, I'm sure Eichel's got a bunch of stuff that we don't know about, you know. So. Yeah. Haven't heard about. Yeah, yet. let's give him his due. He played well. Um, yeah. I thought it was the right choice for the. Con Smythe, um, but uh, but Eichel, you know, obviously had the most points. Only the second American uh, to lead in points. The other was Brian Leach of the New York Rangers. Um, he had he had, a, he had a great and you know I has he finally you know put to bed the idea that you know he isn't uh, a guy that's uh, you know I mean he never had a chance in the playoffs, but I think people had an impression you know he was not a championship style player. Impression like I. I had interviewed yeah. him and been in the locker room with him many times and saw this guy's drive to win. Right. And, and I saw it again, you know, covering some yeah. of the Stanley Cup. And I, you know, he, he's matured. He, He's a guy you could root for. He's a tremendous player. He, you know, the fact that he's gotten to his and won a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid, I probably yeah. nobody had that on their bingo card, but you didn't know what was yeah. going to happen and how it was going to happen to Ike. Right. So good for him. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I mean, and, and there's no there's no disputing, obviously, that he won the cup before and second overall pick in 2015 that he won the cup before McDavid did. Of course, he did it with a second team that he was traded to, not with Buffalo, who has not made the playoffs since uh, 2015, even going back to 2011. And Edmonton has made it to the conference final once. But you know, I, I you know, I'm not using this as a an ex, as a uh, a vehicle to criticize uh, McDavid because McDavid is I, I think you can't criticize him. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. But you see what the you know what the product of putting a good structure around a good to great player and how beneficial that is in terms of. Michael was placed in and he fit in perfectly with Vegas as a number one center with yeah. Stevenson and Carlson as two, three uh, and with a great defense and a, a goaltender who played um, wonderfully, even though he's not well-regarded goaltender, you know, there's a support structure there in Buffalo. They're st only starting to get that now, but for most of the time that Eichel was there, it was Eichel and, you know, Jeff Skinner and a couple players, and there was no support structure, and that's why he failed in Buffalo. And that's why I think, you know, McDavid right now is in Edmonton is failing because they're not putting enough of a support structure around him. You need more than just one star player. Although he really didn't fail in Buffalo. The team failed. Like, the his numbers failed. exactly were good. You know, he, you know, he was a strong player, except for that last injury year. Um, you know, yeah. when he, he was not good, but you know, he, he played uh, at a high level. Uh, one thing I wanted to discuss with this learned group, um, is my uh thought on um, you know, when you see the statistics that rolled out um uh, by the league in terms of you know the Vegas Golden Knights being the second team uh in the modern era to win uh, a Stanley Cup in their first six years, and they were topped only by the Edmonton Oilers. 
but the, the the thing is, is those situations were completely different. Like I think you've got oh, yeah. to put in, you know, yeah, but the Edmonton Oilers started with Wayne Gretzky. Now, right, yeah. you know, but he was their only guy. Like if you know the the way that all worked, but you know the league was was adding you know multiple uh, uh, teams from the World Hockey Association. Right. Uh, and a lot of those teams, but a lot of those teams were improving because their players were divided up and, you know, shipped back to their original owners, the teams. Sure. So, so, I mean, it is, it is different, but I, I mean, the argument that, that, that it's, uh, you have to compare them to that is the fact that most of the players that were other than Wayne Gretzky um, that were so crucial to Stanley cup, you know, were drafted by the Oilers after that. So, yeah, yeah. people don't realize that. Well, then, you know. I know, I know that's been, a bo- that's been a bone of contention with, I remember like uh, speaking to Bill Waters, who was a former assistant general manager of, of the Leafs and a player agent, that it was a bone of contention about how Gretzky was allowed to just come into the league. Whereas like players from the Birmingham Bulls, like Rick Vive or Pat Riggin, all those young players, they had to be drafted. But Gretzky was sort of funneled through on Edmonton and was allowed to be. Now, I'm pretty sure that that happened uh, as well, Kev, with like the Stosnys in Quebec and Mark Tartan. Yeah, I mean, it it was because he's Gretzky. Right. But there was, yeah, I, there was I, yeah, there was definitely a point of a point of aggravation that he was allowed to go through, and some of these other players too. But that was part of the deal with the, the, the part of the merger with the WHA. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, for, forever in a day, we've made uh, exceptions. I mean, they do it even in junior hockey. You know, with you know, fifteen-year-olds yeah. that want to play in the major junior, they decide, well, you're such an exceptional player that we're going to change. The rules, and you get to come in under the exceptional <laughs> player. Although Mark Messier came in under the Cincinnati Stingers, right? So, yeah, nobody really said anything about him. Yeah, although how did you get to Edmonton? He he was he was drafted in the third round. He was right, drafted the round by the okay. right. he did go through the draft. Yeah, he, right. he went yeah. through the draft, and and so like I said, so did like Perry Turnbull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if he did, but you're right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but you know. But Russ's point just brings up another thing too that you have to factor into this too is is that you know the NHL changed obviously the expansion draft process yeah. and you know they got a lot better players a lot better deal than yeah. previous expansion teams had received before when you were just getting you know in those days you know leftover meat you know like you were just you know fourth liners and. Well, yeah, six, six defensemen. You know, that's that, so. that. That's the point. That's the point that uh, I, I heard this morning, and I think it's a really good one. Is the fact that you know there are people lining up like this owner in Salt Lake uh, who want, wants to either get the Coyote Coyotes or teams in Atlanta or or Houston yeah. that are lining up for expansion teams because rather than getting a transfer team, because who the hell wants the Arizona Coyotes? Right now, with the the mess that they are in, you can get an expansion team. Now you'll be paying a billion dollars, but you can pluck good players off of existing rosters and be in the playoffs like Seattle was in year two, or make the Stanley Cup Finals like Vegas did in year one. It's a lot. It's a lot quicker of a road than taking over a team like Arizona, which is a mess right now. Yeah. See, but I don't like that argument. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't like it because. Whoever gets the Coyotes is going to get it for less than you're going to pay for um, that expansion team, number one. And it's, you know, uh, and number two, you know, uh, Armstrong has gotten himself a bunch of draft picks. And, you know, Logan Cooley is on that uh, deal. So I think you're better off with the Coyotes for the cost and for. You yeah, know, they're, they're on their way to like they're basically an expansion. You know, they really have. I mean, they have they have some they have a few bad contracts, but I mean nothing. Yeah, but they're two years, you know, ahead of that. I mean, you know, they oh, they right. probably have they yeah. probably have. I would say, and Russ can speak this better than I can, but five or six guys that like everybody would love to have. Is that fair, Russ? I think that's fair between prospects and players. Yeah, yeah, Gunther, yeah. Gunther, so. but but the but the thing is, I mean, they're they're not like. Right now, uh, the Senators went for nine hundred and fifty million dollars, but they have star players like Stutzla and and Shabbat and Kachuk. Um, 
I, you, you're probably right, Kev. I mean, you would think that Arizona would probably go in the six, $700 million range because they're really not, there's no real star players on that team. And they must sell them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah no, that, 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 that's are, a great point. It's like, it's like, it's in, in the, the ad in the paper is, NHL team must sell, you know, like they are in a spot where they have to move them. Yeah. I, I love the guy in Houston though. Yeah. I want him. I want to bring him in. I want, I need a second tenant, but I don't want to own him. Right. So, own him. You know, <laughs> right. That's, that's, yeah, I did have two things I wanted to come back to circle back to for the cup that really stood yeah. out to me. Um, the first one, Kev didn't hear it yesterday, but I went on serious yesterday, Kev, and I looked for a stat. I mentioned it on this show after that, Aiden Hill had a 955 winning percentage going into yesterday's game against Florida lifetime. Save percentage. Huh? Save, save percentage. percentage. Is that what I said? Okay. No, you said winning. winning percentage. Sorry, save percentage. And, you know, that, that pretty much proved out. I mean, he's, he's pretty damn good against that team for whatever reason, and yeah. that's including playoffs. But the other one is, you know, this is probably the only Stanley Cup team that has one drafted prospect on it in Nick Hague. That's it. That's not the norm. Yeah. yeah. The norm. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're really right. They they have they have absolutely built, you know, um, and Foley, who was, you know, I mean, you got you got to be happy for the guy. I mean, honestly, like you know, he is he has definitely gone into this thing aggressively, gone yep. into this thing. You know, he's he's old, but he wants to win the Stanley Cup while he's around. You know, this is. He reminds me so much of Ed Snyder in, in a good way, you know, in the good ways of Ed Snyder, like that, you know, there's a guy who just really just cared about winning, um, wanted his team to win. And the city kind of falls in love with those kind of owners, you know, they because why wouldn't you? You know, they're out there going, he's getting Peter Angelo, he's getting Mark Stone, he's going out and getting guys, you know, like, and yeah, long term, it could be a problem, um, you know, and, and cap wise last year, they were a disaster. Maybe people forget they didn't make the playoffs last year, you know, um, but they, they, took that one year, one step back to get Eichel to set themselves up for what was it turned out to be a good, good run. You know, that's a, a risk of course. And, but it worked out for them. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy for Foley. I'm happy, you know, and also just Vegas, the fans and everything. It just, there's something really, really, really special about them being the first team in professional sports to win there. You know what I mean? I think that that's, well, the no, that's a big deal. It's everybody. Yeah, and they really that. are their team, you know, like the, yeah. and the, the fact that they didn't come from another city, and then the, and they win and they're the first team to win there. I mean, it really puts them into a spot where, you know, the NFL could have come in and just taken over the sports scene, but they're not going to, you know, I mean, no, they're, no, they're, they could have, they could have, you know, they, they really could have, that, that's the kind of city you would expect that man, an NFL team comes in there. They're going to be that they're going to be everything there. You know, and, it was, I saw a sign that got put up and it was something like, you know, Vegas turned into the team that I didn't know I wanted to the team that I didn't really know I needed. And, and that's how a lot of people sort of feel in that in that town is like all of a sudden they were living and dying with this team. And, you know, then you started seeing the funny signs. Hey, it took six years. It was a struggle. But, you know, we got there. But, you know, even Foley had mentioned the six year path. Uh, I think it was just dumb luck that happened on the six year. Yeah. But it's a pretty great quote. And no, that's a great story. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's we probably laughed at it. And to be honest, we probably laughed at it at the beginning. I'm sure, sure. we did. The, uh, I mean, the, you you can't say it enough, but there are eleven NHL franchises that have never won a Stanley Cup, and right. a one in Toronto that hasn't won since '67. Um, I, so, I didn't know that. <laughs> what from you know? That's what it really kind of kind of shows that yeah. uh, you know the you know the greatness of what they've accomplished you know putting yeah, all together. the other thing too what it shows and and one of you just alluded to it but we should probably circle it is you know we talk all the time it, to the point that it's become a cliche of how narrow um you know the difference between winning and losing is so small that yeah. last year vegas didn't make the playoffs yeah yeah they did. And this year they won the cup and yeah. the team is essentially the same other than this year it was not as injury riddled. It was still injury riddled, but not as much as it was last season. Um, and, you know, at the right time, they had goaltending that a guy that has no pedigree, you know, has no NHL playoff background that just stepped up and played well at the right time. 
Yeah, and they and last year they they got Eichel in November. He didn't play until mid to late January, and he was coming off a serious neck injury. And this year they had him from the word go. And I think he missed a few games, but he was healthy. Oh, he missed several. Games. Yeah, right. I mean, but he was when they needed him. He was the number one center that they were bound and determined to go out and get. Yeah. And like I said, everything fell into place. He was a one. Chandler Stevenson and 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 um, and Carlson were the two three. So up the middle, they were deep and good and solid, and their defense. And I want to talk about this, Kev, because we know and we always talk about this. You know, this league is a copycat league. Now, is every team going to be going out there looking for six foot three, six foot four defensemen? I think they will. And that's going to be what we're going to be talking about the next month or so in free agency and trades, going out and good at getting big defensemen. Yeah, I mean, I think there was already a movement to that anyway. I think teams are, you know, like here in Detroit, the Red Wings um, are have been in a rebuild for, um, you know, five seasons or so. And, you know, they have been drafting bigger defensemen. Uh, so I think that was sort of already in everyone's, um, you know, plan book. But, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, they had a big defense and, you know, they did well. Um, so I guess um, people you need will. You get a big, talented defense, you know, so it's a bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Big, it's more than just a big defense. Like a big defense in this league is terrible. Like you have to have speed, oh. you have to. I mean, you can't. You got to speed, or else you're done. You know, it, I'm, right. I'm not, you can't just be big. Yeah, no, I'm not saying go out and draft six Boris Falabics. I'm saying, right. you know, I mean, okay, it, it, look at look at their defense. Theodore, Theodore and uh, Petrangelo are big, but they're also mobile, and they're also good at both ends of the ice. Mike, one other thing about them, not to interrupt you, but this is interesting. Both of those guys were a bit written off at a point too. Like you know, like if you remember, you know, Peter Angelo, you know, the whole was traded, you know, flat out traded. No, 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 no. He was he was a free agent, but the- well, he's a, no, he's a free agent. But they didn't. I'm sorry, they didn't bring him back, right? So they they, they let him go. Um, yeah. And you know, and Theodore, and that was a big mistake on Doug Armstrong's part. The reason he right. the reason that he ended up going free agent is because for some reason St. Louis it's against their their mindset to allow. Uh, I think it's yeah. a signing bonus. They don't. They just don't do that. Theodore, of course, was a big mistake early on. But then also Martinez is another guy who is sort of like, is he done type guy? You know what I mean? Like, Mar- yeah, I mean- so I wrote about Martinez because I wasn't sure if he was done when he got yeah. traded there. But I saw the immense um, presence he had in the locker room, and I wrote a whole article about him. Okay. It's still up on Sportsology because I saw after game two what he meant to the team. Interesting. That's how he scores that big, big goal. You know, like that's like another thing. Like, yeah, and he came back from a serious injury. And I mean, there's some talk they were talking about this on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast that he may retire after this. He's got a year left in his contract. He's got a lot of beard, a lot of gray in his beard. He's got a big yeah. scar. Wouldn't shock me if he were. Correct me if I'm wrong, Russ. Wasn't last night's Martinez goal almost a duplicate to the goal that he scored? Very close. Game? And that's yeah. the thing. It was exactly the same play, pretty much, wasn't it? Like, he's it, like, and, like he's like that. The other. The yeah. other two things, I have to give a shout out to um, to the capologist for Vegas because he made this made this possible for yeah. sure, and then also to the scouting staff because you know you don't get guys like Zach Whitecloud out of Bemidji State playing in a top four role, winning a Stanley Cup without hard work. Or, I mean, I know the capologist yeah. is a good story because he's the guy who started like fan you know whatever it was. Um, general manager, I guess a long time ago. And he's yeah. like, you know, I'm all for anybody from the internet getting a good job on the, getting a job, job in the NHL. And I'm available by the way. And their pro scouting staff, because yeah. you, you could argue that the best addition made by any team at the deadline that in terms of effectiveness was Ivan Barbashev with, with the, with the golden Knights, they were able to get, get him. He plugged in perfectly you know, maybe Petrangelo's knowledge of him going back to St. Louis as being a key player in that 2019 uh, Stanley Cup victory was, uh, you know, something that put him over, put yeah. it over the line. But he is, you know, he was a a force, a force of nature For at sure. times in the playoffs. So there was, something, there was something he said, Mike, in his post game um, that really got me because when he was a prospect, I thought he was a 25 goal guy and a guy who would also hit you really hard. And for whatever reason, he got pigeonholed into being a fourth-line guy. 
Right. And, and Barbashev even said in the nicest possible way yesterday, he goes, you know, they pretty much had me on the fourth line, but this year I finally had the opportunity to move up. And then all of a sudden things start happening. And that was his nice way of saying, I've been this good the whole time, but you guys, teams have been putting me in the wrong role. And yeah. I'll, bet you, I'll bet you anything that they try to keep him. He's a, on, he's a UFA that they try to keep him there long-term. Now they'll have to make some yeah, tough. I still like him, so that'll help. Yeah. yeah the, the um, I just got an email from one of our, our viewers who pointed out, um, even though Vegas is a very big defense, and I've just looked it up here and he's right. Um, they're actually an average hitting team. Like they don't really yeah. go out and crush you. The strength of their size is is that you constantly have to deal with that size. Yeah, it's right. not so much. Like they were actually 14th in the NHL in hits, which is you know essentially middle of the pack. Yeah. And uh, you know there were teams that hit a lot that punished you that weren't very good, including the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, right. They were in the top three in terms of hitting. The Ottawa right. Senators are there. The Nashville right. Predators. What do we know about yeah. those teams? <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. and you know it's it's fascinating about that. Really, what yeah. I what I saw like watching Vegas's defense more intensely over over a series, you know, and over these playoffs is first of all, I can't remember a team protecting their goalie better than they did. I mean, they did an yeah. incredible job at protecting Aiden Hill. Like, and you guys know that I'm not an Aiden Hill fan, and I didn't even think he played well in the series. And still, like, and I just, I'm still kind of shocked at, at you know how many times the guy was out of position on shots from the point. But they don't. It doesn't matter. They've got. So, they're so good at blocking shots. They they block sixty shots or something like that. Some crazy number in the first four games. Um, more they they block more shots than the Panthers got on goal in the first four games. That was an astonishing number to me. Like that that I just never seen that before. Yeah, right? The Panthers just broke down. Like I I, I knew they, they weren't they, winning. They couldn't get inside. Russ. They couldn't. They couldn't penetrate the defense. They yeah. everything was from the outside. Everything they, they yeah. the Panthers had hardly any goals. When did you see a goal when a pass was across? They didn't have to slide across to try to make a save on it. Just it just didn't happen. And they're going to have no a hard time next year. They're going to have guys missing time in the regular season yeah. next year, and they didn't win the cup. So they're they're going to have a very hard time. Yeah, Although, you know, you know the kid they brought in last night on the fourth line, number um, fourteen. Danisenko can play. Trust he me. is a player who I was talking to talking to people down in Florida all year. There were people down in that organization that wanted him to play a lot more. Well, yeah, yeah. he's a dynamic offensive player, but you got to use him yeah. that way. He had a rough uh, beginning, though. I, I yeah. saw that he was what he played a few minutes and it was minus three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He almost scored. He also had a really good opportunity to score when it was nothing, nothing. He came close on a backhand. Yeah. Well, Radko Gudis and potentially his last game as a Florida Panther was minus four. But I don't yeah. really criticize, criticize him because I'm sure he was playing hurt, and he he left it out there and lay, laid laid the wood and and laid some body right. on a number of players. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he has enhanced his bargaining position. Yeah. You know, I'll his say. Season play. I'll so, say. Yeah. I mean, I also think that it, he does love it there too. And I'm very I think that I think there is probably no team that fits him better than that team. So it's one of those situations, you know, that they like him, he likes them. I you know, he's gonna get a lot of money, but he. But I don't think that you know. I would hate. It's a, I'm not saying it's not a. There's there's not a chance that he goes back to Florida because remember yeah. he can go and take less in Florida because of the Florida right because of the taxes and he just likes the situation he likes, yeah. he likes he likes he likes his teammates and he's one of those guys who's such a leader. I mean, Gudis has been in a lot of different situations. You know, I guess not that yeah. many. You have to be prepared not to overpay for Gudis though, because yeah, and Gudis is a level that he goes to, and he oh, absolutely go beyond that level. Absolutely, but you also have to be prepared to pay more than the Flyers are willing to pay for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's you know, go back to that for a second. You know, the Flyers were willing to do nothing. He's really probably a third pairing guy who's at yeah. four because he's has more than 300 hits. Like nobody, you know, 300 yeah, hits. And, is and, and, and also he's yeah. just, he's smart too, which people don't realize yeah. he's, a sharp, he's a sharp guy. And when you interview, when you interview him, you realize that he's very sharp and he's very, and he's an incredible teammate. He's an incredible locker room guy. People absolutely love him. They can't. The, re the, the reason he, the reason he's going to get paid and it might be by Florida, but it could be somebody else is he's tough. He's a good teammate. Like you said, and he's right-handed, and right-handed means a lot. Yep. So yeah. he's, I, 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 we'll do an over/under here. I think he's going to get four million. I think he's going to get what Erica Branson got more, more. I think he's going to get over four million because Erica Branson got it in Columbus, and he's a better defenseman than Erica Branson. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I even, yeah, he's he's above that. He's four or five. five. I think he's over five. Yeah. I'm going four point two five for four years. Five, between five and six, I would say. 
Oh, I think that's a little high, but I would go. I would go four or five, four or five. You know, maybe four, four seven. Five, four seven. You're the one who talks about every top four defense in this league gets five million dollars. Yeah, they do. But like Kevin just, said, how could he not get five million dollars? Like Kevin he's, just said, he's yeah. gonna get banged up. You know he yeah. is. Like Kevin just said, he's on a good defense. He's a four. He's a five. He's a yeah. second. He's a bottom pairing guy who plays penalty killing. Maybe plays 15, 16 minutes a night. You, if you're paying five million to a bottom pairing guy, that's overkill. So do you think he's priced himself out in Florida then? Because they can't get um, five. Yeah, maybe it depends yeah. on what he wants. You know, like it depends. It depends on what he wants to do and and tax situations and stuff like that. Like right. I think that he is so popular there. They love him there, and the fans love him. He likes being there. It's not a bad place to live. You know, I think that there's a good chance he stays there. I mean, um, they, they but, 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 they, but I think someone will offer him over five. I do think I mean, someone will offer. Him maybe on LTIR for all we yeah. know. So yeah. Well, one uh, one other uh, thing that we kind of glossed over this, and I wanted to get back to it because I think it's an interesting discussion. You know, there's kind of a uh, and I don't know if it's widespread, but I, I've heard mul multiple general managers have had this discussion with me about, you know, everybody's looking at the goalie stats now, and it feels like, um, you know, they think the old stats are obsolete, um, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I, I, I find it kind of humorous because it almost feels like they're, they're reverting back to the eye test. And what I'm talking about is this, and Steve Eisenman brought it up in Detroit, that's why I was aware of it, and then I've subsequently talked about it with a couple other general managers, mm -hmm. and that is there's a great discussion about the meaningfulness of save percentage yeah. and whether or not it's really just a team statistic. It is. Um, and, you know, and then there's there was the movement to get into the dangerous scoring chances, and then the, you know, the hot one now, of course, is goals um, saved above the average. And but not everybody sold on that either, um, thinking that there is still some team element to that as well. And and what you know, I talked to one guy who just said, you know, I'm right back to where I was ten years ago, where I'm just watching the guy and getting the feel for it. Is you know, is he making the big saves at the right time? He says because that's what you can't quantify. Like you know, if you make a save with five minutes to go in a one one game, it's a completely bigger deal than. You know, and he said it's just so hard that he says I'm I'm back to the eye test. It's the Grant Fear argument, Kev. It's like okay, his save percentage was in the 800s. His goals against was was over three, but he made the save when he needed to make the save. So, right. I mean, and, and there's other goalies like that too. Um, there've been other sure. goalies like that too. And, and you know, and and you know, and then there's goalies that make every save. But I'm I'm yeah. all for the. I think the second thing you said there, like to me, I don't like the saves above the average because I don't know. It just feels feels weird to me, but the the I don't have an exact feel why I don't like it, but I do like the saves on high percentage shots. I think that is something. Yeah, I think that's a real stat. That's yeah. a real stat. That's to me. Yeah. Well, everybody likes it. Although, you know, this is what the guy brought up to me. He just said, you know, Shesterkin was unbelievable last season. Yeah. This right. season, he was not unbelievable. Do I not want Shesterkin now because he wasn't good, or he says? He says, "Because I do, I want him exactly the same amount as I as I did." Yeah, I, I think it's two things. I think there's the ebb and flow of a goalie's career, where there are always going to be some years that stand out more than others. Yeah. But I also think goals against is a team stat, but save percentage is not a team stat. I will argue that it is well, not. Well, there are plenty of people doing just that, Russ. The, yeah. the interesting yeah. thing, and I was looking at. Uh, you know, because the buyout window starts in 48 hours, and that's always an interesting thing to, to, to quantify and see who's yep. potentially could get bought out. And when you have two goaltenders who played around the same amount of games that have dramatically different save percentages and goals against, uh, then I would say, like, and what I'm talking about here is Minnesota with Philip Gustafson, whose save percentage was 931, yeah. and Mark andre Fleury was 908. And Gustafson was better in the playoffs for Minnesota. Uh, Flurry's right. got a year left at three and a half million. I mean, I know maybe Bill Guerin doesn't do it, but if I was uh, if I was the general manager, I'd buy out Mark Andre Flurry because you got to pay Gustafson. So you know, there's they they have the same defense in front of them, the same forwards in front of them. And one was dramatically better, and the other one is 38 years old and might be on the decline. So is, is Gustafson is, a UFA? 
He's an RFA with Arb rights. Oh, you can bridge him. I'll give him one year. I give him a one year and wait. I wouldn't. Yeah, in arbitration, in arbitration with that year, he could get four million. Right, but I'll 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 risk the four million, and I can yeah. always trade Flurry at the deadline. I wouldn't touch that because they also have Wallstead, who's going to go into I think his second year of the AHL, maybe even. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was an AHL All Star, so he, he's going to make Gustafson. I'm going to make Gustafson prove it to me. Yeah, okay. me too. Me too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Ross completely. The goalie, the goalie market is is going to be a fascinating one. We're and we're going to get into that for sure because there's a there to me, it might be the most fascinating of the off season. Like, and that's rare because usually the goaltending goaltending. Well, I, I'm with you, Act, because it went from, uh, you know, again, I'm going to use Eisenman just because I cover that team, but the uh, you know Eisenman was talking about the thin goalie market. Now this was yeah. a while ago. Subsequent yeah. to that, we've we've seen Hollebuck enter the market, Gibson enter the market, um, and I'm forgetting someone else. There's maybe Carter Hart. Carter maybe. Hart, maybe uh-huh. Carter Hart. Right. Although I was told, I was told by a general manager that he was he was told by Philadelphia, look, we're not in a anxious to trade him, but you know if you got an offer, we're listening. You know, right. And then a sense that you know, and I tried to get you know some information. Um, about Carter yeah. Hart from Philly, and I got the same kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, even more so, I think, even more so that they weren't going to trade him, but they didn't mind talking to teams. But that that seems to be the common thread with Lawton, with Konechny. Yeah, with they're just Hart. throwing their names out there. different with those guys than it is with Carter. I mean, with Carter, they would really have to be bowled over, but they don't mind teams calling about him because they like they, – Philly Philly wants to talk to everybody right now. They want to talk to – you know, and you got to remember that general managers – would always rather have the other general manager call them than them reach out. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you're you're right, Kevin. I mean, Hellebuck, maybe Hart, uh, possibly Thatcher Demko, definitely. Gibson. No, no, no on Thatcher. No, Demko. no, no on Demko. None, none. I've been feeling it's a no on Demko for like six months, and that yeah. rumor was still out there, and I didn't get yeah. it. Interesting. I know people who know him, but I didn't want to put the pressure on them and by asking them, because I just felt like that had passed by when the coaching change passed and, and everything else. And here's yeah. an, here, here's a name, Markstrom, especially, you know, but he's got three years left at 6 million. So that, that is a, I mean, that's sort of like Gibson where you've got lots of term, um, the changeover from general manager from for living to Conroy, uh, you know, that might be a factor there. And they've got a goaltender from in the AHL and Dustin Wolf, who they want on the NHL roster. So that might mean trading Markstrom or Vladar, but they want to op- carve open a space for Wolf next year. I'll probably uh, trade Vladar. I don't think anybody's taking Markstrom. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm Do we dare call this a buyer's market for goalies? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, I, I, I think it is. Yeah. There's not enough teams looking for goalies, you know. Well, I mean, there's more than usual, don't you think? I mean, no, not really. I don't think so. I think it's about the same. Yeah. Pittsburgh, um, Buffalo, possibly Toronto, possibly Toronto, possibly uh, Ottawa, Ottawa, definitely. Ottawa. Possibly uh, yeah, possibly I've heard Edmonton's looking for goalie. Nah, yeah. nah. <laughs> no, Edmonton is only in the market if the team who's giving them the goalie will take Campbell back. Right. No, I know that's true. For that sure. limits so that, that totally limits them. Dream the yeah. impossible. Dream. So there are three um, or four or five potential starting goalies, and you know there are exactly that number of teams think, looking for them. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, in terms of trade market, but then you have to factor in Anderson and Ranta, uh, uh, Jari, Ronta, um, I think, is going to re-sign. Yeah, Cam That's Talbot. A guess, but I would think don't you so. think Ranta is going back? I mean, it's, it's, possible. it's possible. I, I mean, so. I, mean Ranta, he, I would assume they'd keep Ranta because he's cheaper. Right. Yes. So speaking of that, I want to go to the rumor chart because we really are hitting it hard this week, um, and, and we're and right now. Um, I made I made, updated all the players over the last 24 hours. Um, there's mm-hmm. 30 players on there, so. We've all been updated over the last 24 hours. These are all kind of fresh updates here. Some of these just an hour ago. Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll just say this, and, you know, this is just a, a feel. Uh-huh. I, th- I think Winnipeg should be 0%. I don't think Hellebuck is going back there. Everything that's coming out of Winnipeg is that he, he's like he's not going to resign, and if he's not going to resign, then they're going to trade him. That doesn't mean that, you know, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll look for the best deal, 
uh, obviously, but, and I think, you know, him being a Vesna trophy candidate is going to amp the price up, but I don't think there's a chance in hell he's coming back to Winnipeg. Um, I don't know about a chance in hell, but I think that I, I, I do think that this number will probably decrease over time. Like I agree with you on that one, okay. but where I am right now is this, um, but I, you know, that's again, the rumor chart is, is based on what I, based on conversations I have with people. So it's not, it's more my opinion than anything else. Um, but it is based on, you know, actual, and the cool thing about the rumor chart is I get some stuff off the record and I actually can kind of put it up on the rumor chart without really revealing what I got. So, so um, I'd like to do this. Do you think that there is any serious interest in Hellebuck on the part of the Red Wings? I don't think that uh, from what I hear, what they're asking, I just can't imagine Eisenman would give up those assets. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I think they'd be interested in them, but, you know, you know they want to sign, sign someone – who can come in and play that won't cost them any assets. Like I like they would rather overpay Alarm off a little bit and get him for one year than give up assets to get, you know, Connor Hellebuck. And because you know, he might only be one year. Right. So, well, yes, yes, I think gonna has anyone else heard anything about the Winnipeg not allowing any team to talk to Hellebuck? I haven't yeah. heard that. I haven't, I haven't heard that, but I, I did hear that Hellebuck would prefer to go someplace that he signs an extension with. So he doesn't want to go and be a one-and-done guy. Right. Um, Are you surprised, Kevin, that Sheveldayev is safe? I mean, it's it just it, – I mean, I don't – Well, I, you know, he's always had a good relationship with ownership there. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's – a long time of, of kind of not doing it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't well, – I think – historically and the tradition would be that he'd be in trouble you know yeah, i mean there's no question about it no i don't, I don't think there's any other gm in the league that hasn't made that hasn't had it has, has had less success that's still in the league um i don't know just in the playoffs at least you They're know i'm not by the market i'll still defend them and say they are hampered by the market it's not like an for easy sure well, i agree and i, I yeah. like i like kevin jebeldev but i'm just saying it's, it's just kind of surprising and he's a smart guy obviously but everybody, but everybody is is saying that you know the sky is falling because you know obviously right. Shifley and Dubois and Wheeler and Hellebuck they're all in the last year of their contracts. But if you look at what happened with Buffalo, with an inexperienced general manager and Kevin Adams and the return that he got for Sam Reinhart and the return that he got for Ristolainen and the return that he got for Eichel, that yes. is the foundation of what is now a team that is on the precipice of yeah. making playoffs you can turn it around and obviously what winnipeg has to do is they have to get retainable assets because no free agent is right. signing in winnipeg you got to get players who are on their entry-level contracts who can who will stay there for four or five years or basically be forced to stay there for four or five years and that's how you sort of reload and if they don't do that then you know they're going to be in trouble it's true i want to yeah. mention connect me here because yeah. yeah i do feel strong that especially with this new auto group that they'll talk about them. I don't know if they'll actually have a GM in place that's going to be able to make a deal over the summer. That's the whole thing. Cause I think now they probably will be like, have a trade freeze. And yeah. then who knows? Uh, I hear now that Steos may have to ride out his contract for a little while. And so yeah. there could be some complications yeah. with that whole front office, but I don't think Florida has the assets. I would, and I don't think Columbus has the money. Well, Ottawa, Ottawa makes sense because he played his junior hockey with the 67s. Right. right. So there's a connection there. But also, also close with Giroux. Giroux will put in a good word for sure. Yeah, but again, I think because of the whole complicated process of now with this new owner and a front office that's up in the air, yeah. they can't do it quickly. Right. He feels very much like a predator to me, Kevin. <laughs> Who looks like a predator? Travis Konechny. He feels like he could be a predator. Yeah. Like, like I see him as a as a kind of predator. He also is just like has that other thing that the predator all predators forward seem to have that they score in streaks. That's connecting to a T. Yeah. Um, is anyone else amused by the fact that Barry Trotz says he wants to have an entertaining team? He <laughs> didn't exactly have it when he was coaching. Now. No, no, yeah. So you know, but you know, I think that that speaks to a man who understands, um, can read the room. You yeah, know, I mean, they're concerned about. Yeah. Well, they're concerned about uh, you know, maintaining their fan base and all that, and you know they uh, the the predators have been a little boring lately. Well, just just one last thing about Konechny. He yeah. would be he would be the perfect replacement if 
they end up trading to Brinkett, which I'm starting to hear from like yeah. everybody who's talking about it that he doesn't want to sign an extension there. That uh, that and he's got a year left. I think his uh, he, he's an RFA this year, so they have to. Uh, Matt, yeah. I think his, uh, his qualifying offer is like nine million or something like that. Right. So they may end up trading him. And Konechny would plug in pretty nicely as a replacement since he's got. Yeah, we'll get to him. He's on the list in a second here. Um, Jarenka is. Um, Orlamov. I know everybody's you know Islanders, 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 but I'm not sure that Lou Lamorello is with that with that plan. Right, that's <laughs> no. a fair point. That I think that is fair too, from what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah, like he likes that idea if he's yeah. willing to take he's a deep fine. discount. Yeah. So. A big discount. Really deep discount, um, but I don't know. I don't know how. Okay, on the open market, how much, especially with what we just said, with with, with it being a buyer's market, how much can Varlamov, if he's going to Buffalo or Pittsburgh or L.A., can expect to get is in a free agent deal? I don't think it's going to be much more than what the Islanders are offering him. I well, mean, no, I think he could get four million because he could be a starter again. Yeah, he could. Well, and especially if he's willing to take a one-year deal. Right. Like Detroit, I think, would be interested at one year. Yeah. You know. Has they tried before and he just didn't want to go there? Yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo would be interested in one year because that would give them a veteran to have leave to split the time with Levi. L.A., I think L.A. wants more of a permanent solution, you know, if, if they don't re-sign Corpus Allo. Right. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I hear New Jersey, is this is their big target this offseason. Now, whether or not that happens or not, we'll see. Um, well, one thing I've heard – their target the last couple of bits here. One thing I've heard, Ak, is that if the Leafs don't think that there's a way to re-sign him, and I don't know with Tr- Living, uh, what, what where that stands because it's been pretty much silent since he took over, uh, the Leafs will probably trade his negotiating rights before uh, the draft to get right. drafted. Because they only have yeah. three picks, and you know New Jersey did that. It got a pick from uh, yeah. from uh, Columbus for Severson, so you know it might be something like that. I that definitely, working. I mean, and I, I do think that Winnipeg. This could be a way that Winnipeg turns. I was told if they're going to do a rebuild, if they say they buy out Wheeler, um, they buy you know, and they and they move out on Halibut, and uh, then you know maybe they turn to O'Reilly as thinking, okay, he's the guy who comes in there and gives them a little bit different. Well. Um, the- I, and I can't remember who it was, so I'll apologize to you know whoever the the source was on this. Um, there was some chatter out there about Wheeler getting traded to Chicago. No, I heard that. That was me, Mike. Was, was me. you okay? Well, I I apologize to you then. You can no, you never have to apologize to me, Mike. I have unconditional love for you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but, but I um, mean, it would, it would make sense because he's a good leader. He's only got a year left in the contract, and Chicago has to get to the cap floor. Right, they do, and they feel like you know Chicago is, is, is from what I understood, they they feel like they're mission accomplished type thing in Chicago. They 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 they, tar- they tanked the one year, they got who they wanted to get to, and now they're going to bring back guys like they could bring back to bring Cat very easily. They could um, bring back told. Domi. Domi is the one name that does. Um, and uh, so, anyway, Dimitri, what do you what do you think of Riley? And Riley is going to command Kevin. Again, depends on term, don't you think? Um, yeah, and I, I don't see him going to Winnipeg. I, you know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but nobody's um, signing a free agent deal with Winnipeg. I'm yeah, sorry, money is high. Money is not, you know, you never know. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that that's fair, but I, 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 Kevin, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Five million. Well, I, I was going to say five, five. So yeah, um, but. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, and again, it depends on term. You know, what's he going to get? Three years? Four years? He's third, Four. only thirty-two. So and I there's think a lot of guys who are looking at the the three years thing seems to be such a big deal right now because of the salary cap situation, right? Everyone's saying that you know, three, three years from now the salary cap goes up so much that there's going to be a lot of team, a lot of players signing shorter deals, and this this yeah. UFA market's going to be a lot of yes, that. Yes, but for a player like O'Reilly who's thirty-two years old. He's going to get as much term as he possibly can. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if he can get more than that. You know, I don't know. Maybe four. Orlov, um, this yeah, is a flyer. Please this explain player. this one. Yeah, no. No. What did you say? Please no. explain this one. Philly in the lead for Orlov makes no sense to me. No. Why? Okay. Well, for one thing, they've been trying to stay young. For another right. thing, um, I'm not sure he fits with the current head coach. But other than that, it seems great. 
<laughs> they're, re, they're rebuilding, Eck. They're rebuilding. Why would you? I know. I'm not. I am. I am not the one deciding oh, whether. I know, I know, I've I heard this. I've heard this absolutely from. I have pretty good sources in Philly right now. I. Um, I, I know that this is something. I know this is something that they're. Um, you know, I've always had pretty good sources in Philly. I've got maybe slightly better sources in Philly. Well, would he even consider going there? Does he want to try to win? Or that's a good question. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, and, that, and you know, Boston does have interest in him, but you know, Boston. I was told towards the end felt he did really well when he first got there, but weren't they weren't thrilled with him at the end? I um, could I could buy Nashville because of the connection with Trots. Yep. Uh, going back to Washington, yep. um, I could buy Vancouver. Makes sense. Vancouver makes sense because they'll pay stupid money, which mm-hmm. yep. they constantly do. All uh, right, I, can't, I can't buy the Capitals. Kevin to bring Cat and the Red Wings. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about him. He's very popular here. Fans want to right. get him. Um, but again, the problem we run to, and I, you know, I just keep hating to beat this drum, but I just yeah. don't see like they want real prospects, and yeah. I don't see Eisenman like he's not. You know, he's not going to give up Lucas Raymond to get Alex DeBrincat. Like you know, he's not going to give up the number nine pick to get DeBrincat, and I think. The Senators will get that from someone else. Would they, would they give up Edvinson? No, not 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 in a hundred million years. Right, right. right, exactly. And that's see, that's what Ottawa's looking for. I think Ottawa's looking. Yeah, for I mean, defenseman. You know, they're you know Edvinson. You know, is just a supposed to be a cornerstone player. DeBrincat is a really quality player. I mean, you know, it's funny. The feeling the sense is he had a terrible year last year, a really subpar year. He had twenty seven goals. I know. Right. You know, and so he's a good player and he's, he's a Michigan native. You know, they would certainly love to have him, but you know, it doesn't help them to give up their, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they weren't close last year. You know, they, they really weren't, they were, they, they were in a playoff spot for 24 hours. So for them to give up, like, I mean, they were closer than they've been in a long time, Kevin. Yeah. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't feel like they were close. Well, I mean, we we, so. we know we know that there are going to be teams out there looking for goal scoring, and with Debrinket, like I said, I mean his RFA contract in the last year, I think the qualifying offer is like nine million. So it's similar a similar situation to Timo Meyer in New Jersey. What you might look for, Eck, and I, somebody that you, if he's not on the rumor chart, maybe put up there is Victor Olafson from the Sabers because he's one year away from UFA. He's yeah. making under five million bucks. He scored twenty-eight goals with the Sabers, and the Sabers yeah. are so deep with uh, young prospects right now in their organization that have played in the NHL last year, or a guy like Kulik who played in Rochester. That they really, he's he's a luxury they don't really need to have, and essentially, he his representatives are expecting him to be traded. And I think there's a market out there for him because you know he he can there's score. A so yeah, yeah but I don't know that Buffalo is so quick to want to trade. Well, let, let me let me go back to the Detroit thing. The one thing I would yeah. say is I think the Red Wings would give up the 17 pick. Okay. okay. So okay. like if they could work out a deal where they would give up the number 17 pick and you know maybe a lesser um, prospect. Uh, and you know, they've got three second round picks. So a second round pick, a right. uh, William Wallander. Uh, defenseman who's you know yeah. one of their better prospects, but not their elite guys, and a number seventeen pick, maybe. Yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, maybe, you know, like I, I wouldn't totally rule it out. I know, I know what Elliot Friedman says, and I have a lot of faith in Elliot Friedman, um, but I'm reasonably confident that nothing has come out of the Red Wings about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, no, that well, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't. Steve Eisenman just doesn't let anything get out. And I, to be honest with you, I don't even, I don't think he discusses even his thoughts with everybody, even in his staff or very few people. So, so I don't know, but I, I, you know, I know he's not going to, I just don't believe for a second he'll give up the number nine, or I don't believe he'll give up Edmondson or Lucas Raymond. Like, you know, maybe he would trade Lucas Raymond if he got somebody, you know, a better value than that. But, you know, you know, he's not going to trade Marco Casper. He's not going to no. trade Edvinson. He's not going to trade any of the, or Cosa. He's not going to trade any of those top level prospects. No. All right, so let's go to let's go to one more trio. We're giving B. I'm going to get in trouble for showing so much of the rumor chart for free today. I always get a call from my Captain EO when I do this, but I'm going to do this thing because 
because uh, you know I really want you guys to uh, you know we really appreciate you watching the podcast and we would love for you guys to maybe pitch in twenty bucks a year for ad free ad an ad free hockey buzz and the rumor chart. Anyway, it's not it's, it's a thought. I would do it just for the ad free part, honestly. John Huberdo. <laughs> Uh, this is a strange one, Kev, but it, I've heard this from three people now that I really trust that they are considering moving Jonathan Huberdo. Well, okay. Of course. Just signed him. And his, his new movement clause, which they signed him to, kicks in on July 1st. Um, <laughs> but but they they have something else they want to do there. They have they have, There's a player out there that they really want, um, I'm, and I'm not even sure who that player is, but there's, they want to spend that money, that money someplace else. Um Apparently, Arizona has shown interest. You know, well, yeah, I, 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 you know, I have. Uh, so the Coyotes would use them. Are they that? Is it the, the floor? Are they having trouble with the, getting to the floor? What's it's that? Part of the floor thing for them, I'm sure. But also give them some, give them a little bit of a, something they can sell to people. You know, like um. Yeah, they're twenty-seven million dollars under the cap. Right. So they go so, there. And yeah. Where are they on the floor? I mean, I don't see the the logic to acquiring him. I guess is one of. Yeah. Thinking. No. I, I mean, th this is this is the hilarious thing, and I'm not disputing anything that I was saying. Yeah, we're going to consider trading Jonathan Huberdo. Of course you are, because he didn't have a big year, and because he's making ten and a half million dollars. But the problem is, and if I, I maybe I don't think I'm wrong here, the no move clause kicks in as soon as he signs the contract. It's not like a Carter and Richards situation. I was told that's not true. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't know. Wrong, that would be bizarre if it didn't. There's No, it doesn't. That's usually not what happens. Usually, you know, moving closer. Remember, Eck, with Van Riemsdyk, with Carter, with Richards in, 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 uh, in Philadelphia, they traded them before the no move clauses kicked in. And in the next CBA, they changed it. So when a contract was signed with an extension, the no move clause kicked in immediately. So I, I would check on. It has to be in the contract, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll look into it more. Oh, yeah, I definitely check into it because I, I, I mean, I might be wrong too. But all I'm saying is, yeah, of course they want to get because ten and a half million dollars is. But they signed that ten and a half million. I know they were desperate. So it's like you know, I mean, and they, I know now Carter Hart, um, sixty percent of the Flyers, which is low considering what I'm think. I mean, I'm, I would probably move that up a little bit more, seventy percent maybe to the Flyers. But Seattle, there's another team, Kevin, that needs a goalie. Yeah. I was flat out told, um, you know, that they are looking at a goalie too. Well, um, I mean, they've got, they've got you know, Martin Jones is a UFA. They have Chris Dredger, who they signed, who they're probably going to buy out because his, he was he was playing in Coachella yeah. Valley as the backup all year. Um, I, 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 you know, I mean, do you think, I don't think Philadelphia is going to take Grubauer back in the deal. It's sort of the same situation as Edmonton. Oh, well, yeah. They want to get Max Celebrini, they will. Yeah, well, we'll trade, right. We'll, right. we'll trade for a goaltender, but you've got to take our, 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 our boat anchor of a, of a goaltender that we have on our, con, on our, on our roster. That'll undoubtedly happen if they trade Carter Hart, wherever they trade him to. Like they want right. to taking a goalie back like that. Um, yeah, right. you know. they already have camp. They already have Cal Peterson. Whether it's, they trade him to Edmonton and they get, you know, Campbellback or whatever. Something's going to happen that way where they would definitely. Yeah. Can they take two of those guys though? Like, how does that? Yeah. You know, you're going to take both Cal. You took Peterson, Peterson, and uh, then you would take either Campbell or. I mean, they could have done Peterson and the minors. They could. Is that a question that they? Is out of the question, Mike. You're the best. That you always know this better than anybody else about buyouts. Cal Peterson being bought out by the players. Yeah, I looked at that, and and the uh, the buyout was not really onerous. It was. It was actually decent. I mean, he's a $5 million cap hit. And if you send him to the minors, like Russ was saying, you only save a little over a million bucks. But if you buy him out, just looking at our friends at Cap Friendly here, it, it you, you don't save much in year one. In fact, right. actually, the cap hit goes up. But the year two, it's $166,000 and then $1.1 in years three and four. You're not competing this year. So if you want right. to if you want to clear out the way and 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 buy them out, the five million dollar cap hit doesn't really matter. You're going to have three, which years three and four? Uh, one point one million. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, the cap's going to go up at that point. Um, yeah, I mean you could do that. Yeah, I know what I mean, you're saying. I, I, about only saving a certain amount, Mike, from the burying, like a little over a million. But they could also get rid of Sandstrom, and then it's more like two million. And, and and right now, I mean, the thing with Philadelphia, and we don't we'll know, know this until training camp, 
they have what? Uh, at least $11 million in dead money when it comes to Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier. We don't know whether Couturier is going to play yeah. ever again. They say he's going to, but they said that about Ryan Ellis and he's not. So right. they can have a lot of LTIR money. And they, you know, now that money, if if they need that to count against the cap to get to the cap floor, they can just put them on injured reserve and not put them on LTIR. But if, the, you know, and they're not, they're not, they're, they're not going to contend. They're like Russ said, they're in the well, they're not contend. And, and how they do this is going to be, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, whether they can, you know, get, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure where, what, what, you know, what Carter Hart, I, they know the rumor out there. They're looking for two first round draft picks. I don't not think that's that because. Yeah. He's he's not going to sign an extension wherever he goes, and he's only got two years left. Well, he'll only sign an extension if he goes. He'll only sign an extension if he goes someplace that he wants to go. I I, right. I would be shocked if he signs an extension anywhere. Honestly, hey, Edmonton. Let's bring this up because because yeah. I would give up two first round picks for Carter Hart if I was a a team like the Edmonton Oilers where I'm going to yeah. pick at the bottom of the first round sure. and they were willing to take Campbell. Like I, that, I wouldn't even hesitate. Neither would I. Yeah, that's because, the one because he's young enough that he's like it. You don't you don't normally get goalies till they're twenty four anyway. Yeah, so, and the, the extremely I dangerous. The Flyers taking Campbell, I just don't, doesn't make any sense. The, the only the only problem there is Edmonton's already traded their number one this year. They have their picks right. in twenty four and twenty five, and that probably, you know, that I mean, I agree. I mean, he's Why would the, they take Campbell? Makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, well, that makes zero sense. Like, let him shop Campbell somewhere else. But if I'm looking at it, like, you want to give me the two first? That's fine. You worry about Campbell. Like, they already got one. Campbell's not a bad goalie for five million dollars, Russ. It's the term. They need to, the the Oilers need to get rid of Campbell to make the deal. Agreed. They do. They do. Yeah, and I wouldn't make the deal because the term on Campbell. Yeah. Finally, Pat's ready, um, and we got to get out of here, but um. You know, we don't know what's going on with him yet. Injury-wise, I haven't been able to find anything out. At least, Kevin, have you? Do you see? Is he expecting to come back? I think he is, but I don't. I, that, you're you're right. I, there's been nothing definitive. Yeah, no one's written anything about it really or talked about it. Um, I I could see it being a Patrick Kane situation in the sense that he's gonna try. He's gonna rehab. You know, when he's healthy, then he'll become a free agent and he'll sign a one-year prove-it deal someplace. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Patrick Kane's going to do that, but if I was a team out there interested in Patrick Kane, I wouldn't sign him sight unseen. I would want to see him on the ice and healthy before right. I'm ready to commit three or two or three or four or whatever million dollars. For sure. I agree with that. Definitely. Um, so, and I know the Islanders, that does seem like a Lou Amarillo type move to bring him in for a year. Yeah, if you yeah. for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? Right. Yeah. Bring him in like in that situation. I think that that would be an interesting move. Um, who, who, yeah, for bringing Pat, Pat, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I think it'll be a, uh, you know, what you do with the old guys, uh, you know, a Joe Thornton type. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks everybody for joining us. Again, and um, please go to HockeyBuzz.com and check out the rumor chart. We're going to get lots of stuff going on and lots of fun things happening. Talk to you all soon. Congratulations. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.